As judge and jury of the Rakotis district in the port city of Alexandria, the magistrate had come to learn there were three types of problems he had to deal with. At the top of his list were the crimes against the empire. Rome was a harsh mistress and required immediate resolution to her problems. These were often the most dangerous crimes to his career, but also the ones that provided the most opportunity, if he was careful. The second kind were the ones that affected the Roman Empire indirectly. For instance, murders of its citizens or grand robberies, crimes that reduced the people's faith in Roman governorship. These gave him the most latitude, and unless he completely bungled them, he was free to pursue them to his desires, which typically went up to the point of mealtime, a fault the magistrate well knew had kept him mired in the poorest district in the city. Crimes between the citizens, often its noble or merchant class, took up the bulk of his attention, though rarely with the nobles being the rougher section of town filled with ore-smelting foundries and the poorer Egyptians. Often these were tiresome quibbles involving the minutia of law and gave him a most persistent case of indigestion. Today he seemed to be saddled with a new kind of crime, one he had no category for, or, if it fit into one of the other categories, he was not aware. A dangerous problem, for if it were the first kind, a crime against the empire, it would create a great risk for him. And, just as troublesome, the Feast of Adesia, goddess of food, was fast approaching, and it was his favorite festival of the year. So the magistrate found himself once again standing before the workshop of the great inventor Heron, the one called Mykonikos by the commoners, which meant machine man. And by his side was a young woman called Aristone, wrapped in an aquamarine chitin, with hair meticulously perched on her head in the style of the goddess Diana, a reed basket tucked under her arm, and in that basket, lying in a bed of grape leaves, a piglet, dead. This made the magistrate think to add a fourth category of crime crimes against food, a crime he could immediately understand and appreciate. For the piglet, raised on seed grains and milk fat, would make the most mouth-watering meal, but it had been sitting out all day in the Alexandrian heat and had begun to take on a malodorous smell. An effeminate servant greeted them and brought them to the workshop to meet with the famed inventor. Heron was hunched over his drawing table, scribbling on a wide sheet of papyrus at an astonishing rate, which explained the ink splatters and smears the inventor always wore on his tunic. The magistrate politely cleared his throat, a sound barely heard above the hammering and shouting right behind them, as workers scurried over a towering scaffolding fitting copper plates onto what appeared to be a statue of Zeus. Brass gears the size of a dinner plate could be seen in the chest cavity of the Father God. He placed his perfumed handkerchief against his nose to block the acrid smell of ore being turned to iron and cleared his throat a second time, louder. Heron spun around, quill poised like a readied dart, ink moistening the tip. The deranged look in the inventor's gaze made the girl by his side take a step back, and even the magistrate, a long-term friend of the inventor, found himself questioning why he'd come to Heron for help in the first place. But the look passed like a shadow, 
and the inventor's face broke into a smile, almost erasing the visage of paranoia briefly seen. Good magistrate, said Heron, blinking away some fugue, eyes puffy and red. Apologies, good Heron, for intruding once more on your kindness, said the magistrate. Do you often invite guests on your intrusions, or is this a special occasion? The magistrate drew blank for a moment, until he remembered the young woman by his side, who was staring open-mouthed at Heron. I would clamp those lips, young woman, said Heron. The flies are thick this time of summer, and though I have assured them we have no food here, they seem to linger on regardless, though I do hope they plague my rival Philo in kind, as his table carries richer fare.